Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matt Carroll. I am Jeff Randall. And we are here today to discuss the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We're going to be... But not all of it. No, not all of it. Not all of it like last week. This week we're going to be focusing down and really digging in to the movie Thor. Today's the day. Today's the day. Jeff's. Jeff, this is a, this is a holiday from now on in Jeff's mind. <laughs> he gets to talk on 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 air about Thor for two hours. I didn't even watch it because I just figured Jeff would. Uh, I'm just kidding. I watched it. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> I was disappointed for a minute. <laughs> I was really disappointed. I just figured in you. you'd carry it, man. You're gonna carry it. <laughs> <laughs> this is my episode. It's all about me. <laughs> Uh, Let's get Charles on here. I'll carry it again. Jeff's a big Thor fan. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> so is our Twitter uh, follower Yoda Hugh. Mm. He's also a Thor fan. He's looking oh, forward yeah, to this yeah. day. He's been he's been he's been posting uh, about when are y'all doing the Thor review? When are you doing the Thor review? Uh, which I uh, I dig. I'm excited. I'm excited to do the Thor review as well. It's a good movie. Told you. Spoiler alert for later in the cast. It's a, it's a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, sure that's a great, big, huge spoiler that well, everybody it's a spoiler because we're not there yet. You know, we're supposed to be uh, talking about news and, and, and feedback first. Oh, are we? So uh, what kind of news you got for us today, Jeffrey? Well, I have the news that came in through sources. Okay. And I've got the news that came in through other sources. Okay. What? What what are go ahead. <laughs> you said what kind? I was just giving you descriptive terms for them. Oh. Right. Alright. What news do you have for us, Jeff? There you go. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Lock it down. Alright, so there's um there's a bit of Luke Cage series casting news going on because if you think about it, it's about that time mm-hmm. for them to start like really getting into production on that. Yeah, if they if they keep to the schedule, it should be out in like May or April of this year. This or next next year. year, I was like, uh, the the, that's the, the next April or May, <laughs> upcoming. Yeah, yeah. And if you think about, along with Daredevil coming up, at about the same, a little bit before or about the same time, that's a lot going on. It's gonna be so for much. Netflix. Uh, it, if did have they have they said that for sure? I know we've discussed it in the past. Have they said for sure they're planning to put one out a Daredevil season out next year? They're filming it right now. Are they? Yeah, that's, that's what all right. those cast that's and right. set photos have been about that's right. with Punisher. I know. Speaking of Punisher, he posted on Twitter a uh, an Arsenal picture um, this past week. He was just like, "It's time to gear up," and oh my god. Yeah, it's ridiculous. We'll have to put that in the uh, the feed. Yeah, it'll just be the only picture. Yeah, it'll just be... <laughs> it's just gonna be that, and everybody's just gonna marvel at it. I like it. <laughs> it's a good idea. Actually, I, I put it. So if you're watching this on uh, on um, Blog Talk Radio or anywhere that we embed it, anywhere that we embed it, you can just look down and you'll see a picture of this arsenal that we're discussing. <laughs> Oh yeah, no. the The only word that he put in 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 that tweet was "punish," in all caps. Ooh, I like it. Thank you, John Bernthal. And that wall is ridiculous. I need it. I need it in my life. I want that. Anyway, so casting news for Luke Cage because it's coming up. Uh, they have added to the series Rosario Dawson, Woo-hoo! 
in the uh, in the in the returning role of Claire Temple. She's attractive and also a really good actress. <laughs> Reverse this. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I can I can live with that. Uh it's it's interesting that they put her into Daredevil first and then Luke Cage cuz she was in comics originally introduced Claire Temple was originally introduced as a love interest of Luke Cage. Yeah. I like that though. I, I don't know. I, re- I really like the character it up in Daredevil. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. It gives it gives a little bit of a I hope they don't go love triangle route, but at least gives some complexity to the uh characterizations uh of Daredevil and Luke Cage when they meet. They yeah. kind of be like love rivals like i don't want to see them like i don't i don't think there's going to be much more between daredevil and claire i think they're probably yeah they're they're probably done they're probably done and it's probably she moves on to luke cage and then he's like but you can't be with her you're gonna be a superhero you don't have he's like whatever i can too (laughs) (laughs) um daredevil's like why didn't i think of that (laughs) And see, Luke Cage is actually a superhero. Daredevil's just blind. <laughs> I would say that Daredevil is also actually a superhero. <laughs> no, you you remember we talked about that um, that comparison of like Daredevil is he's awesome for a blind guy, but like he's kind of average if he weren't blind. Uh, he's just well trained. I do not recall this. <laughs> you brought that up specifically. Okay. And I found it offensive. Well. And I'm laughing about it now because I can do that. <laughs> I can at, put that behind the me. The pain is gone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, apparently I said something offensive. That doesn't that doesn't surprise me. How dare you? This is the news section. That's it? not news. <laughs> <laughs> get on to the news. Move on, Jeff. <laughs> so add it on to Luke Cage. We're also going to get Theo Rossi. Do you know who that is? I do not. Okay, he was in, most recently that I remember seeing him in, uh, he was in Sons of Anarchy. He was Juice, I believe the character's oh, name yes. was. I love that guy. Yeah, he is going to be... really good on that. He's going to be a villain. Um, everybody's supposing that he's going to be Shades, which started off as the uh, like a, 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 also a prison inmate along with Luke Cage. And when he got out with his buddy Comanche, uh, they were kind of like a villain team that okay. Luke Cage always had to fight. He uh, he ended up getting a, uh, a, a visor that kind of turned him into Cyclops. <laughs> like okay. He got a visor that shot powerful optic blasts. Cool. And um, wasn't really Poser. threatening, but <laughs> he was he was there. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So there was that. I like I like that actor a lot. He's really good on Sons of Anarchy. He really, really is. Did you see Sons of Anarchy? I've seen a lot of it. Yeah, I I, I did too. And he's a his his character was always always very uh, interesting and you know uh, <laughs> I had a migraine all day. I can't think of words. <laughs> words oh. are hard. Yeah, it was rough. it was a rough day. <laughs> um, so in other news. <laughs> This is going to be an interesting podcast. I can't think of words. All right. <laughs> in other news, in other casting news, uh, Simone Missick has been cast as Misty Knight in Luke Cage. You may not know who that is. I understand your, your concern for why this is news. 
Uh huh. <laughs> Misty Knight. I said nothing of the sort. Go was originally <laughs> Misty Knight was originally a just a cop, an NYPD cop, okay. and she in the comics she. Um, stopped a bomb going off i think it was and somehow got her right arm damaged and had to have it amputated tony stark gave her a bionic right arm because instead of like going to a desk job she uh just resigned from the force and tony stark was like well let me help you out bionic arm so she's got a right bionic arm winter soldier has a left bionic arm um her with her right bionic arm she now has super strength Obviously, within limitations of, like, whether or not she can stand while she's carrying something big. Sure. Um, but there's that. She's, you know, trained as a police officer or whatever. She uh, she ends up doing a couple of different strange corporations of, like, private detective work kind of thing. And ends up being a member of Heroes for Hire, which Luke Cage and Iron Fist are the founders of. Okay. Cool. Um, she ends up actually uh, reforming or reforming Heroes for Hire when Civil War happens, and she's on pro-registration side. Man, I, I like I know it's obvious that that's going to be happening. This that season two of Daredevil and probably Luke Cage are coming out right at the same time as Civil War, but I hadn't even really. I've been so concerned with the fact that we're also this year going to have to dive into the mystical realm. And so I haven't even really considered that as much as, oh, God, there's so much, so much coming, so much coming this year. Yep. Civil War, which is going to heavily impact S.H.I.E.L.D., it's probably going to impact um, Luke Cage and Daredevil. And, and then, of course, it's all got to wrap up and head toward the mystical realm when we've got Iron Fist and Defenders coming. Yep. Whew. And Doctor Strange, yeah, next year. Um, but no, when when she when she reformed reformed Heroes for Hire at Tony Stark's request, they basically became um, super powered headhunters, like gathering people up that are powered and registering them. Oh wow! Yeah, I wonder if I can. Well, I don't know. Daredevil's all about the law. But he also works outside of it. I wonder where Daredevil's going to fall. I don't know. Currently, she is a member of the Fearless Defenders. Okay. Cool. All right. And she was a defender with, I think it was Brunhilde, Valkyrie, who was also an Asgardian. All right. And Valkyrie also became a Avengers member at one point. They're probably not going to introduce her sure. at any point. Maybe you never know. You, you never, never know. know with them. They're you they're going they're know. going all over the place now. So that's that's that really deep possibility casting news. And Simone Kissick, um, she's a relatively unknown actress. I haven't seen her in anything. Um, according to her IMDb list of stuff, it's very short. But I okay. trust Marvel. Yeah, so I still do. At this point, I'm I'm starting to get nervous. I'm sure she's good. This other this other report, uh, conflicting reports of Marvel Studios creative committee being disbanded. Uh, That's that's uh, that sounds intense. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that one? Well, after Feige 
was kind of restructured into reporting directly to Disney and not to Perlmutter anymore over in Marvel Studios, there were reports of Marvel Studios' creative committee being disbanded. Um, Creative committee consisting of uh, Dan Buckley, who is the publisher, uh, Marvel's chief creative officer, Joe Quesada, um, the Marvel Entertainment president, Alan Fine, and the uh, the comics writer Brian Michael Bendis, the guy who created all of the Marvel Ultimates universe, mm-hmm. uh, they are the creative committee. And according to Bendis, uh, the the things that they do basically is they go through every outline of every draft of the scripts as they come in, and they give notes and they meet on the phone and in person, you know, for a good long while. Uh, sometimes just by themselves, sometimes with the filmmaker. Basically. Um, deciding the direction of all of the films to make sure that they're all, you know, in line with continuity. Right. So there were reports that that creative committee had been disbanded pretty much immediately after Feige got restructured. And that the initial thought, well, the initial thought was that they are going to like, they're basically not needed for Marvel or for Marvel films anymore. Um, but there's another report from the Hollywood Reporter saying that that was actually not what happened. It's uh, it's that they hadn't been disbanded, but its influence over the Marvel movies will be nominal at best, quote unquote. Um, hmm. They're still over Marvel Television, so they were predominantly keeping in check the movies with one another or they were trying to keep continuity between the movies and the comic books to some degree well the movies and the um television shows. television shows yeah basically they wanted all of everything to be in a clean solid direction mm-hmm. continuity and all of that like make sure, sure. it all makes sense I and guess. that is incredibly important to me if anyone from marvel <laughs> is listening you start messing with continuity you start like messing up continuity Honestly, at all, and it severely diminishes my enjoyment. <laughs> um, and I think others. I think, like, that's just a kind of a, a geeky quality that we have of, like, I don't know. If continuity gets messed up, I get really bristly. <laughs> <laughs> I can understand that. I mean, let's see. So you're saying, though, that this was a conflicting report and it's not necessarily true. Yeah, Birth Movies Death reported that that the committee had been disbanded. Then the Hollywood Reporter said Thursday, this past Thursday, um, that that was not, in fact, the case. Um, Let's see. I can't imagine Feige would do that, honestly. Um, Well, it's not him that disbanded it. Or that would have disbanded it. From from the report, it was that um, Ike Perlmutter... And said, yeah, well, we don't need this anymore. Go ahead and disband. And, um... You're still trying to keep the TV shows in line with the movies, you know? Yeah. And... And you've got the, so many TV shows to keep in line now. Well, the article from The Hollywood Reporters, uh, like, it names Dan Buckley and uh, Joe Quesada, the Marvel publisher and the creative officer, chief creative officer, sorry, um, specifically, it names those two guys as remaining on the committee um, for "quote unquote" continuity purposes and um, coordinating operations through the movies, TV, um, publishing, and merchandising, and pretty much everything, keeping it all in line. Because there are still there are comics that are 
uh, in line with in continuity line of, the, of yeah. the MCU as well. So there's a lot going on. Sure. And I guess that committee was supposed to be, you know, somebody or like one person from everywhere that was, um, I guess, presenting their outlook on like, what are you guys doing? Well, what are you guys bringing to the table? Well, we want to do this. Man, everyone talks about this is a promotion for Feige, you know, and it is. It is, but it's a little scary. It is a little scary. It's also such a demotion for Ike Perlmutter. (laughs) I hadn't really thought about it that way. But, like, I'm sorry. The biggest thing Marvel is doing is the movies. Yeah. So if you're the, the head of Marvel and they take that out of your control, that's a big deal. That's that's pretty sad for Mr. Perlmutter. Yeah. Well, for the past like for the past several months, Marvel has had like something along the lines of 7 or 8 out of the top 10 best-selling comic books every single month. Mm-hmm. So like he's still got that going for him, but yeah, like but it's not Tom, as big as movies. Yeah, like uh, someone was saying today on another podcast actually that like the top-selling comic book sells like 65,000 copies <laughs> or something like that like that's crazy. I don't know if that. I don't know. If, I have no idea if that figure is true. I was just listening to Collider Heroes today, and they were talking about that, and I was like, "Is that true?" Because that's a small number of people. <laughs> Not a lot of people read comics anymore, apparently. Yeah. I only do when they tie into the MCU, and even then, I don't always. <laughs> I mean to. I fully mean to. <laughs> for the podcast. For the cast. For the cast. Do it for the cast. So. um couple of more stories. Uh, Hulk was cut from the Civil War, Captain America Civil War. Yeah, we actually had that uh, posted to us as well by Yoda Hugh on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. And at the same time, James Gunn has confirmed no Hulk in Guardians Yeah, too. but he said that already. I know. He'd said that a still, while ago. That just means no Hulk ever. <laughs> We're never getting Hulk again. <laughs> just no Hulk. I, uh, I, I will say... We know that Ruffalo was sighted on the set. Yeah. Uh, which could but, be him just visiting whatever. No, he was saying that like whatever Hulk part he had was cut from the film, and he doesn't know why. He's not sure why. Interesting. Oh, okay. I'm guessing it was just too expensive. Right. I don't know. So Hulk, but my point is, Hulk was cut from the film. Yeah. Not necessarily a Banner. I I would think it's safe to assume Banner as well. I don't know. Everywhere I've seen the story, it just said Hulk is cut. And they said, we'll know why, or something like that. Hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah. I, just, I wonder if Banner's going to be there. I don't know. I wouldn't mind seeing just, just old Banner walking around. Just good old Banner. Good old Banner. No, no Hulk even necessary. Maybe. Maybe. I think it'd be a little weird. I don't think so. Especially for this story. Everyone, like... Weighing in on registration and stuff. Yeah. That's fair. I could see him just, like, coming and registering himself. <laughs> he just hey he signs the book and then walks away. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, waves at Tony. And Tony's like, where the hell they, have you been? They broke up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you with now? Huh? Who are you doing science for? It's like a really awkward thing between them. <laughs> it's like their their past relationship has been destroyed. It's a sad day. <laughs> we'll pretend it's okay. We, we've all been there. You bump into an ex in the supermarket. And, and I'll smile and you'll wave. We'll pretend it's, it's okay. okay. 
the charade, it won't last. When you're gone, I won't come back. And it happened once again. Okay, sorry. A little bit of Blink-182 there. That's what it is, Blink-182. That's a, that's, well, that's a good, that's a good Blink-182 song. It really is. I like that one. Damn it. All right. Anyway, last story. I think a lot of people should go, um, I think all of our listeners should go and check out what Haley Atwell said at Fan Expo 2015 this year. Uh, Fan Expo is a Canadian convention, or rather, a convention in Canada. It's not necessarily specifically Canadian. Mm -hmm. It's a convention in Canada that she went to, and she fielded a lot of questions about... Uh, season two of Agent Carter. Uh, she talked a lot about what you know, what we can expect, how what she expected. Like, it was a really great Q and A session with her. Um, but coming out of that, we learned that uh, we need to expect more Dottie Underwood in season two. Interesting. Dottie Underwood being the female agent. Yeah, the Black Widow operative. Basically, she called yeah. her Black Widow. But, oh really? Yeah, I'm not certain why. I guess it was just the Black Widow Initiative <laughs> for okay. Russia. No, or that's interesting. Cool. Because apparently, according to her, she is a quote unquote slippery bitch. That's exactly what she called her. A slippery bitch. She's like she I was like a it. slippery bitch. It's <laughs> like what? That's awesome. It's really funny. So and um, apparently she's just you know not dead. And yeah. is going to come where, back. Where did she end up in the last of the last episode? Uh, she had been knocked out of the uh, the window at the at the airport and fell onto the the wing of that plane. And then when they looked back, she wasn't there. Oh, that's right. It was just some blood. Also, uh, there was a, a promotional picture. That's right, a promotional picture that uh, Daniel Sousa was promoted to chief. Nice. In season two. I like it. Chief Sousa. Chief Sousa. I hope he uh, makes it to the SSR. Yeah. Or not the SSR. To S.H.I.E.L.D.? The, uh, to S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, I hope he doesn't get blown up outside of a building in New York, too. Yeah. Poor Chief Wiggum. <laughs> uh, they had to know what they were doing. They had to know. Shea Wiggum, Chief Dooley, come on. Chief Wiggum. All right, so I, I can't. I can't. <laughs> so good. I can't do it any other uh, way. Is that all the news we have? That would be all of the news that I have gathered over the past little bit. There wasn't much at DragonCon. DragonCon was a really heavy DC fest. Oh yeah, yeah. It was a lot of fun, but most of the guests that were there were either DC or uh, there were some like Friends of Shield. Um, there was a panel actually called Friends of Shield. It was about like people who either have shown up on, like, an episode or have died in the show. Because, like, Edward James <laughs> Olmos was there. Oh, funny. BJ Britt was there. And, um... I forget his name. The guy that was the Cree. Okay. I know who you're talking I about. Cannot I cannot remember his name. his name for some reason. Yeah, I, uh, I felt like Charles such a, was really excited. I felt like such a bad geek. Uh, I was in Atlanta for Dragon Con and didn't go to Dragon Con. And you weren't there for Dragon Con. I mean, I was in there... For the time period of Dragon Con. Oh, right. You are a bad geek. How dare you? Right? So bad. I was there the whole time, too. I just had shows every night, so it didn't make sense to pay to come to Dragon Con. I was working the whole time. But. Get your tickets now. 
Oh, less. I thought about it. I think I might. It's and 80 just, bucks yeah, until the 21st. Because it was 50 a day after, like, day of. And that's that's why we, we, we probably would have gone if we'd already had tickets. But, I don't know. It was just ended up being such a... No, we didn't really have a chance. Anyway, all right. No excuses. Dragon Con it sounded fun, though. It was really fun. I had a lot of fun. Let's do some feedback. Shall we? I say let's do some uh, voicemail feedback. Ooh. Ooh. We have three new voicemails. That's pretty sweet. Hey, this is Mike in Grand Junction. I had a little issue with Ant-Man. It was overall good, but the way it was described, you shrink by reducing the distance between atoms, so you still maintain your regular weight. So he was still 200 pounds, which, by the way, there's no way he was over 160. He's only 5'10", and pretty lean. But anyway, so 200 pounds. So that means that the ant, Antony, was lifting 200 pounds. But ants can't lift 200 pounds. So I uh, didn't understand that part. <laughs> Antony was a hoss. Antony was a hoss. <laughs> um, I, I will say, I don't know that they specifically said weight. They said mass and strength, but that pretty much means weight. Yeah, I mean, um, they were like, saying that you still have the strength of a 200-pound man, and the way that they describe it is reducing, like, shrinking the distance between atoms. You're still going to have all of the atomic weight there. Yeah. So that's still going to give you the same amount of weight. It's just, it's... Well, atomic weight's different. Atomic's like how many electrons you have, but but yes. It's still uh, just, it's still going to be, like, Bunk movie science, basically. I, I agree. I, I totally agree with him. I thought a lot about this every time he did something like when he's running on the table and jumping on a toy uh, train. And not crushing the toy. If I step on a toy train, that toy train is no longer a toy train. <laughs> <laughs> it's a toy pancake. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, so, so, hope you enjoy your Thomas the Train Engine pancake. I'm a little bigger than 200 pounds, but still. <laughs> like, he, uh, he would have just been like, every time he... Even even if it is just strength, even if you want to go with just strength and it's not weight, um, his leg muscles would still be pushing his feet against the ground. He'd just be like tearing through those trains and tables and yeah it just yeah it, it doesn't really make a lot of sense it's movie science it is i kind of i kind it bothers me a bit but i'm gonna i feel I'm like gonna, you're I'm bothered more by this movie just because of the edgar wright thing i, I didn't even bring that up had you why'd you have to bring that up now <laughs> now i know that edgar wright would have put on the line to explain that no. No, probably not. No. But you're totally right, Mike, from uh, Grand Junction. You are totally right. It seems to make absolutely no sense. Um, yeah. And if you... Oh, think about when he was climbing up Luis's um, clothing to, like, stand on his shoulder. <laughs> Luis. Poor Luis. <laughs> well, we know Luis is really strong. That man can punch. He can punch real hard. <laughs> Once. <laughs> but he would have still been like completely dragged down. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Can't look on your shoulder. I can't. I'm on the floor. What if Luis has superpowers and we just don't know? He, well, no, he also climbed on Hawkeye, right? Not Hawkeye. Uh, well, he Falcon. Yeah, he was inside a Falcon suit, yeah. and he climbed on Hawkeye's arrow, and he's standing on Hawkeye's shoulder in the concept yeah. art. It. Distance between atoms provides weight, clearly, and when you get that gone, then that's obviously removed. All right, quit your head cannon. 
uh, <laughs> trademark of uh, the DC on-screen podcast. Um, <laughs> they came up with the term headcanon, which is what we we geeks do to fix things that don't make sense. And I'm real good at it. Believe me. <laughs> I'm a master of the headcanon. I am. I am. All right. Uh, let's go on to the next email. Voicemail. Voicemail. Right. I keep saying email. Hey guys, I'm Harrison. I'm a big fan of the podcast. I was wondering if you guys think they kept the tone of the MCU like the Incredible Hulk, it would be better received. Uh, thanks. Bye. I don't think so. What would be better received? He said it. Like it as the MCU or it as the Incredible Hulk. People would probably like the Incredible Hulk more if the rest of everything matched the tone. Maybe. If... If the MCU was well liked in that tone, but so far with the with the humor aspect, it's been a lot better received than I think that yeah. it could have been. If if his question is, and I think I think his question is, um, if the rest of the MCU was more like yeah, if it the followed Incredible that Hulk, path instead of the funny path, then would the rest of the MCU be more well received? Probably not. We probably we probably have another Batman trilogy on our hands. Yeah, and we and, and I mean we're to be honest, Harrison, we're probably going to find out because it sounds like that's what DC is going for is a more dark, broody tone. Now they may do a much better job of that than the Incredible Hulk did. Um, but again, I didn't hate their Incredible Hulk. I just, I just didn't like Banner, and I didn't like Edward Norton. Um, we'll see if, we'll, we'll see, we'll see when these DC movies come out if they if they do live up to what they've been talking about, the which is only being really superhero. serious. The only superhero that I believe that is allowed to be dark and broody is Batman, and he's yeah. not a superhero. He's a guy who lost his family, and that's why he's dark and broody. Yeah, it's the only person. Well, I mean, only one. Anyone, anyone no with others. tragedy could be, could be dark and broody. Nobody else but, has tragedy in their but life. Most of the, I mean, like, you know, most heroes have a tragic past of some sort. But we, uh, but yeah. I, I agree it. with you. Batman gets it. <laughs> Batman, Batman gets the broody prize. <laughs> He's the only one. Yeah. The rest of them are not. They just, and it's been more fun this way. You have superpowers. It's nice to show. <laughs> if, if you have superpowers, it's nice to show the, the way that that is fun. There are fun things about having superpowers, you know. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's the way that the way that I interpreted you saying that at first is you have superpowers. Don't be sad. <laughs> There's no need to be that sad. That's essentially what you I'm saying. You can fly. That's essentially what I'm saying. Like <laughs> you've got superpowers, you can fly, you can do all this stuff. There's like yes, everyone has pain in their life they can be sad about. But you have superpowers. Yeah, not everyone has superpowers. Man up. Yeah, enjoy yourself a little <laughs> bit. Just show a little enjoyment. Um, I, I now now th- that being said, I understand why Banner doesn't show a lot of enjoyment with his particular superpower. <laughs> <laughs> his particular superpower kind of runs away with him. Yeah, literally. So, so, so I understand why the Incredible Hulk didn't need like a fun. Sort of thing, but but honestly, I think the way that Mark Ruffalo's played it has been perfect. He yeah. like has a good. It, it, it's a better character once he gets a grip on the Hulk. Yeah, he has a lot more agency, a lot more control. Obviously, um, okay, cool. Well, let's let's play this last uh, voicemail. Hi, my name's Chris. Um, I'm currently listening to the Incredible Hulk episode, and one of the things that you guys didn't touch on too much was. Um, or probably unaware of, is the fact that Edward Norton 
was extremely difficult to work with throughout that entire shooting of that movie. I think he was either a producer or maybe executive producer on the movie. I don't remember. But there's a deleted scene that was on the DVD, I think, and was also in the Incredible Hulk video game where at the beginning of the movie, he was up in, like, the Alaska Mountains, and he tried to shoot himself and kill himself, and the Hulk, like, caught the bullet with his teeth and spit it back out, like, refraining him from killing himself, which they decided they were going to come from the movie, among a few other things that Edward Norton wanted to do, and really, like, upset him and made him angry, no pun intended. <laughs> and, uh, he just became increasingly difficult to work with after that. He wanted too much creative control of the movie, which is part of the reason he, uh, they say he walked away, you know, creative differences and whatnot, but that was a large part of the reason that he was recast in the Avengers and why they went with Mark Ruffalo, who I think worked out a lot better anyways. I've always been a big fan of Edward Norton, but I agree with you guys. He really wasn't right for the role. Um, enjoyed your show so far. Keep up the good work, guys. Bye. All right, thanks, Chris. Uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I had heard some of those rumors myself. I don't know what's true and what's not. I do know that apparently, well, I don't know. I've heard this just like anything else, but um, I've heard that he he requires a lot of creative control on a lot of the movies he's done <laughs> since he's been a large star. <laughs> he just doesn't like to have no cre- no control, which. I can understand from from an actor's perspective, but it almost seems to never work out well if yeah. an actor has a lot of creative control. They're too I, concerned about themselves, their own role in the movie, themselves, you know, whatever, them being interesting instead of the movie being good. Right, right. <laughs> I remember all of that happening, and I remembered it while we were talking about The Incredible Hulk. I just never remembered to bring it up. Yeah. No, because I was like, yeah, I remember that he was, he wanted this to happen, and then they said no, and he was just like, "F y'all," and yeah, yeah, I didn't know the specifics, but the uh, I I think the the scene, the idea of of the scene with in the Arctic North, him shooting himself, uh, and they 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 brought it in to the Avengers. He says it in the Avengers. Yeah, they referenced it, and it was in it was in the uh, video game. The, God, who plays the video game of that? Really? I don't know. Chris said it. Chris said it. Maybe he played the video game. I stop being offensive. Doubt that it was good. Just basing that completely on nothing at all. <laughs> <laughs> like movie video games are normally not very good. Normally not. Normally, there have been a couple of gems like Spider-Man Two. Was Spider-Man phenomenal? All, almost every Spider-Man game I've played has been awesome. Until this most recent, I, they, they, they've gone away from the open world, like swinging by yourself thing. And that was the best thing about it. Was it was so great, and I've seen a couple lately that came out, and I played them, and they were like more a completely different system of swinging. And I was like, "What is your problem? Stick with what works." <laughs> Those games were awesome. They were. Anyway, uh, in the uh, the alternate beginning, I know it was an alternate ending. That's what it was. Okay. No, it was an alternate beginning. Yeah, I think so. Okay, it was an alternate start to the film. He was in the Arctic North, uh, tried to put the gun in his mouth and shoot, and the Hulk crushed the gun and threw it away and then got mad and smashed the ice. And then that's when everybody was saying that they could see like the shadow of Captain America and his shield in the ice, and huh. there was all that speculation about that, and it ended up not being like that at all. Hmm. That's fun. Yeah, <laughs> it was... 
It was interesting. Like, there were so many freeze frames where I was just studying it like crazy. Like, is it Cap? <laughs> is it really him? That's awesome. Um, yeah, no, I, uh, I, I, I don't think that scene would have been bad, but I can understand why a brand new Marvel Studios didn't want to make their second superhero, like, suicidal. <laughs> like... <laughs> That's a good way to put it. It's their first, it's their second movie out. They didn't want to be like, "Hey, parents, come on, let your kids see the yeah the this hero <laughs> shoot himself in the face <laughs> like at at the beginning of the movie." Yeah, like open. That's not a great opener. That's not a real good opener. That's okay. Like three movies in, you've seen his arc. You've seen him go. Like some tragedy happened to him, and it's I can time. even see that as like a sequel opener, maybe. But yeah. first film, first no. Yeah. No, 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 no. I totally approve of their decision. <laughs> Edward Norton, calm down. <laughs> Chill out, sir. All right. Let's see. We have a few other pieces of feedback. Her. Raher? Raher. Um, Sebastian is James Braguglio. Braguglio. That is a fun name. That is a fun name, Sebastian. Good job. Um, hey, guys. Oh, just man. had a thought. Given the retrospective you're doing... Uh, seeing as Marvel no longer names their properties with numbers, i.e. Iron Man 2 and 3, what would you guys have subtitled those films as? Also, were there any names that Marvel had in reserve for those that you know about? I was personally partial to Iron Man 3, The Rise of Trevor. (laughs) (laughs) This is a fun game that could go on for a while. Yes. Um, I don't. I don't remember there being any like Iron Man three names in the wings. Tony has a sad. <laughs> I was thinking like Iron Man two, Palladium Rising. <laughs> that's that's the worst. That's the worst name. <laughs> oh gosh! What you don't you you think that's worse than too much palladium in my alcohol system? <laughs> too palladium, too furious. Iron Man 2, Drunk and Dying. <laughs> That's what the title would have been if they went with the Hulk direction of it all being yeah. sad and brooding. Yeah, if it all been real dark. That Hulk movie was really successful. Let's name this one Drunk and Dying. <laughs> Just every Marvel... <laughs> I think we're seeing like a mirror universe uh, emerging here where, where we, in one universe we have the... Um, <laughs> we, have, we have everything being like super... Iron Man is super successful, and in the other universe, uh, Hulk was super successful. So they like made all the movies after that, like uh, like those. So uh, so we really dying. could go with any any of the movies and just make them sadder. <laughs> <laughs> Thor: The Dark Period. Oh, Thor: Hammerless. <laughs> Hammerless until the end. Thor: The Hammer is My Penis. <laughs> Yay, Whedonverse. <laughs> Whedonverse references. Yay. Um, yeah. We could do this for a while. Captain America, the saddest Avenger. <laughs> Cold and alone. <laughs> <laughs> It's just the whole movie is him being frozen. <laughs> just, 
that, that kind of was the whole movie. Uh, <laughs> Actually, it started there and uh, ended there. Yeah. Called Captain America, <laughs> the first cold and alone Avenger. <laughs> the coldest Avenger. <laughs> Avenger sickle. Ah, oh, doing time as a capsicle. <laughs> That's good. All right, let's move on. <laughs> uh, Robert T. Frost says, "Hi, Matt and Jeff. Hi. I know there's been some discussion on the podcast about when did the SSR transform into Shield and how soon we may see that transformation on Agent Carter." I've been rewatching AOS season one and happened to catch this in the episode called Seeds. The Wall of Remembrance is divided into three separate sections. The first panel is from 1941 to 1965. The second panel is 1966 to 1990. And the third panel is 1991 to 2015. I think this might give us some insight into how the Agent Carter show will progress and a time frame for Peggy to develop, grow, and lay the groundwork for S.H.I.E.L.D. Hmm. Yeah, in that in that in that shot, it looks like the uh, the SSR logo continues to to be used almost through the, through the entirety of the nineteen forty one to nineteen sixty five, and the Shield logo starts pretty early on in that time too. So, um, I'm guessing we'll get we'll get Shield sometime in the forties or fifties. Let's hope so. Yeah. I'm tired of this whole SSR thing. Well, we do know that it looks like it looks like it's not a direct thing though. Like it looks like they're sprinkled in. It's like shield uh, SSR 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 shield SSR shield SSR shield SSR shield. Yeah. Um yeah. so so we get we we've got a bunch of uh different things. And then there's some logos that I don't know what they are. Which is interesting. Halo Hydra. And I don't think they're Hydra. Halo Hydra. Not in the Wall of Remembrance in the Shield facility. <laughs> Hydra remembering. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Agent Carter, season one, remembering Hydra. Thank you, Robert. That is helpful. Um, okay. So, uh, we also have um, Tyler Horlings wrote on Twitter, RIP MCU cast. And I don't know if that's a threat or what. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Explain yourself. Seems a little presumptuous and or mean <laughs> I don't know I know the summer hasn't been as consistent as our previous seasons but come on man we're still here we're still going strong we got a new season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. coming up back to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, MCU cast back to consistency that's what uh, <laughs> is that our that's our tagline that's our hopeful <laughs> one <laughs> alright um, return to consistency uh, Lin- Linnea on uh, f- on Twitter said, uh, "Hey, are you guys going to be discussing the Marvel slash Disney Studio shakeup in your next episode? Pretty crazy stuff." And then she said, "Good, I'm glad they're figuring out a way to give Feige more control." Yeah, that was um, that definitely was right before we actually posted our last one where we talked about Feige getting moved into uh, reporting directly to that Disney. guy, that guy, Disney. Yeah. Um, well, uh, yeah, it, and we definitely are talking about it, and we'll continue to talk about it as we see how these next few movies come. It seems like Civil War is going to still be under the old guard, but I feel like uh, Doctor Strange is going to be 
a di- you know our first movie that was probably almost almost solely produced. Uh, maybe, maybe Guardians Two. Maybe Guardians Two was will have been almost solely produced outside of. I think they're supposed to start Marvel's filming. Control. Oh, you mean like completely and utterly and totally outside yeah, of the? Yeah. Okay. Because like pre-production has already gone on, and they're supposed to start filming sure, sure, soon. Sure. I think it's in November. Guardians Two. Uh, for um, Doctor Strange. Oh yeah, they better. It's coming up. Yeah, it's coming up. I'm... Well, it's. November of next year is when mm-hmm. they're putting it out. It's crazy late. That's so late. Well, they've done that a few times. I mean, yeah, they've done it once. Okay. When Thor came out. And then Thor 2. So, both of the Thor movies have been November late releases. releases. So, from now on, we're going to get a May, a July, and a November. Or, or as close as they can get, I guess. Yeah. That's going to be cool. <laughs> or like an April... Yeah. Very excited. Early summer, late summer, and then uh, fall. This will be our last year where we have to put up with only only two Marvel movies. I mean, (laughs) life is hard. (laughs) Life is hard. We only get two Marvel movies this year. All right. Well, that is all of our feedback that we have. Um, I guess it's that time. That time that Jeff has been waiting for. If you notice Jeff rushing through this last uh, all the all those uh, feedbacks, yeah, I don't care about feedback. He's like, "Shut up, people! <laughs> I have Thor to talk about. <laughs> I have Thor important things to talk about." <laughs> that was awful. That was and so I bad. Liked it. I liked it. <laughs> I all appreciated right. all of it. All right. We are the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast in partnership with 45 Magazine and a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network. If you want to find more about our cast, go to mcucast.com. Check us out at facebook.com slash mcucast. We're at at mcucast on Twitter. Or you can email us email us at mcucast at gmail.com. Um, if you'd like to really help us out, go to subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review as well as subscribe on whatever you know podcast catcher or app you're using um, but if you want to leave us some feedback audio feedback as you heard tonight on the podcast you can call us at 573-CAST-MCU that's 573-CAST-MCU so just call that number leave a voicemail we'll play it on the show might not be immediately but we'll try to get more <laughs> on that um, we'll do it soon enough those those came in the last couple of weeks. And if you're wanting a similar podcast in the vein in this vein for the DC Cinematic Universe, uh, you should check out DC On Screen. They cover everything from TV and movies and cartoons. So check them out. Um, now it's time for our Thor review. Three, two, one. Thor, how Stella got his hammer back. <laughs> Uh, that's a good one I just came up with that one on the spot that's pretty good can we use that one forever (laughs) yep okay so let's talk about the Loki movie yep that is what this is the Loki movie exactly what it's not that's the great thing about this movie I love this movie it's not about Thor but it is about Thor but it's mostly about Loki but it's also really much about Thor it's pretty it's pretty down the middle yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 the, it really is the story of them two as brothers and rivals and enemies and and <laughs> and friends and 
where the you know where they where 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 the relationship it's about the relationship yeah yeah it's a story of brotherly love and hatred rivalry yeah and a, and, a, and a father who loves his sons well but also it seems like maybe uh he he plays a little bit of favorites he does does seem to play a little favorites with with these two I remember when this movie was first coming out, or when it was uh, when it was first being released and announced and everything, and they were they were filming it, and they were saying that um, the movie was going to be mostly in Asgard, like most of the movie was going to be shot in Asgard. Okay, and doesn't seem it, like really the case. Yeah, when it came out, it was it was like really that was most. It was like twenty minutes in Asgard and then like fifteen at the end. <laughs> It was kind of interspersed. Sure, throughout well, the once, movie. once Thor leaves, they just kind of cut back to Asgard every once in a while. Yeah, it, and I, it seems like, it seems like it's like okay, well, you you said most, and it's like fifty one percent of the movie hmm. was shot in Asgard. Yeah, or which like, is most technically. Yeah, maybe. technically that would be correct. <laughs> oh, so. Uh, one of the first things that we see that needs to be pointed out because it's MCU related is the Infinity Gauntlet that was in Odin's vault. Yes, there's a like one frame of the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, with like, I still like to this day have not been able to just like pick it out on oh, yeah. first watch. Like, like I know where it is because I've seen it in slow mo a bunch of times. But yeah, I when that happens, I still can't really see. Yeah, I'm not watching for that. One of my one of I forget who it was. One of my friends said they saw it on first watching. I was like, you did not. Stop lying. You lying sack of shit. You're just <laughs> lying. Like, <laughs> Oh, no, yeah, I got it. I saw it. Yeah, t- no, you didn't. You were watching a frost giant run from the destroyer. Yeah. Which, getting vaporized. Was pretty awesome. It was, it was. Oh. I think this, this movie, I mean, it takes the Marvel Cinematic Universe to whole new heights. Um, the the fact that it expands it into the cosmic realm. I mean, we talk about how Guardians took us to the cosmic realm, but this is really the first chance we get to see aliens and see them interacting with Earth. And well, yeah, they're also. I mean, it's different. It's a different plane because you know there's yeah the nine realms that they call it and. Yeah, I, I, I don't still don't fully understand how that works. Yeah, I don't think anybody they, does. They, they, it seems like they don't tell us on purpose. Yeah, well, they leave it open to interpretation. <laughs> yeah, but I, but I, but a guy like me, I like to know exactly what they're talking about. I, I've theorized, and I think the way it works is they're in a different realm from us. So they could, is there like, are they a certain distance from us, and the Rainbow Bridge is just the fastest way to get the there, or are they in a different realm, and the Rainbow Bridge is traveling between realms? I think it's that the Rainbow Bridge is traveling between realms. So Earth. Does not exist on the same plane at all. That's what it looks like. Does that also mean that the other eight, other seven realms exist in other planes? Are all different planes of existence? Yep. Well, with their, with the their realm own of universes. Ice. Yeah, it's the realm of ice and cold and dark, and that's Jotunheim. And then there's um, well, that's a realm, but that's a, that just seems like that's just a planet, though. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Saying the whole universe is cold and ice and dark. Well, it's that realm. Stop it! Stop it! Because the re- the, re- the reason I ask, and the reason it particularly confuses me, is we also know that Sif takes an Infinity Stone, the Ether, to the Collector, which seems to 
seems to allude that they're out there in the universe with the collector somewhere, or they had to travel to Earth, then fly off to meet the collector, and that doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. So it seems like maybe realms or areas of space. They might be. That's that's what I'm. Well, I mean, they can aim the Rainbow Bridge at any uh, any point. So it it okay. seems kind of like it's different areas of the universe, and like I guess that, that makes sense. Realm in the old speak would be like different realms could be based in different countries almost. Yeah. So in space, it could just be different different regions, different regions or quadrants of space not yeah. quadrants because there's nine of them but you see what i'm saying <laughs> different um, sectors different sectors of space maybe i don't know and they can point the rainbow bridge anywhere on any of the planets uh, i find it a little bit odd in this film though that they called it the um the bifrost site but like they pointed it to a different place in like london in thor 2 and then they Pointed it to a different spot in London in Thor two. Yeah, I don't understand how the Bifrost works. The Bifrost Carefully. is the Rainbow Bridge, right? Yeah, same thing, just different term. Yeah, we're really digging into the minutia of this at this point. <laughs> Too much, so. Yeah, let's move on. Would you like to know the names of all the nine realms? No. Okay. <laughs> like, let's get out of the minutia. Okay, let's talk about things they didn't even talk about in the movie. Okay. <laughs> So the casket of endless winners was the um, the thing the the MacGuffin uh-huh. of the film. It was a uh, it was it has been a uh, pretty big item throughout a lot of. Uh, previous Marvel things. Like, for instance, Malekith in... in... Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes. If you've ever gotten around to finally watching that, you would know. Malekith went looking for the Casket of Endless Winters, which was supposed to turn Earth into a frosty place again. Or, okay. like, put it into another Ice Age. So this this cask... Has, this casket... Has... has, has comic book and cartoon origins. Not, oh, yeah. Not just a thing they made up for the movie. That's cool. It's been around for a minute. And it's the power source of the Frost Giants? Yep, it's the power source of, of their realm, so to speak. Okay. It's where they get their icy powers from. But you saw, again, that they had, you know... Some icy powers. Some icy powers where they could make their own weapons or whatever out mm-hmm. of the ice and do whatever little magic with that. So it's not like it... It, it amplifies their cold, I guess. Yeah, the Frost Giants were cool. I like the Frost Giants. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I really did enjoy the, the, the first scene of this movie uh, when, when they go to fight the Frost Giants, or one of the first scenes when they... When they, uh, when they go to Jotunheim? Yeah, and they actually have a battle. That was such a fun battle. It really was, because they didn't have to hold back. Exactly. We've talked about this before. In the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you don't want them just killing humans, but if they're aliens or somehow or different... robots. Aliens, robots, they will destroy their faces. <laughs> um, they will punch a hole through your head. And seeing him use that hammer, throwing it, it's just hitting like... <laughs> just person after person. And then he just recalls it. And they're yeah. like, "Why? how do we stop this? It's pretty, pretty great. Pretty great. 
It's, it's nice. It shows off the word. It also shows off Loki's powers, which are cool. Yeah, it, it does a good job of establishing everybody in that group as a as a really good warrior with their own fighting style. Yeah. You know, Loki's being trickery and Definitely cool. whatnot. As much as... I feel like we we don't get enough of those in either Thor movie. You know, we don't get enough of the full team. And I really like Thor's team, especially now that he's on Earth. Yeah. I don't know that we're going to get a lot of that, that team. Well, but we I get the Avengers. That's his team. Now. Well, no, I, but yeah, I like I like his his little... Lady Sif and the Warriors 3. Yeah, those those guys. Yeah. They're fun. Uh, yeah. And they, I like that they provide different outlooks on the same situation, just all in one little package of people yeah that's always great you know on the uh on the dvd or blu-ray release on the home video release they um they had deleted scenes in there where you got a better introduction to each each one of them and like their outlook on setting up for this party it was so funny the oh, way that's that they, cool. the way that they did that with everybody i'm I'm so sad that they removed that and had it in just like the deleted scenes mm-hmm. i wish that i could put it into the movie like i wish there was an option where it could be like play with deleted <laughs> scenes i've seen that on some movies yeah and i want that to be more of a thing because it, it flowed so well like you you get your first instance of of thor saying another and like smashing a cup into a fire after it's been filled with wine like he chugs it and then throws it down it's like another mm. and then uh, loki comes up and talks to him a little bit kind of gives him a pep talk and then walks away and somebody comes up with another cup and he's just like all right blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and then he just like walks out yeah i'm excited yeah, crowning ceremony i haven't seen those scenes but that sounds like fun it was a really fun thing because you got you got fandral um, being the womanizer and like chasing every single skirt he sees, you had Hogan being very grim and sad, and everybody trying to cheer him up. And he was—I guess he wasn't necessarily sad, but he's just not a happy person most of the time. And you got Volstag eating literally everything, so you got like you got the setup without having to wait a while. And you're like, oh, that's who those people are. That's who these guys are. And then Sif doing her thing. I don't even remember what she did, to be honest. My bad. But it was a fun deleted scene. It was a really fun deleted scene. That's fun. I'll have to check that out. And I liked I liked how the first half hour of this episode played similar to... Episode, wow. First half hour of this movie <laughs> played similar to the episode Tracks from the first season of S.H.I.E.L.D. How they told a little bit of story and then they went back... And then led up to that again, and then carried on with that when when those two converged. It was really well done. Yeah. Because it it established our people on Earth at the very beginning, you know, looking for the Aurora. Mm Mm-hmm. And then they saw, like, holy crap, I like that, too. I'm always... And then go back. I'm always up for some non-linear storytelling. (laughs) Yeah. Non-chronological storytelling, I should say. Love that. Very cool. And didn't they, like, as I recall... Yeah, they um, they went straight to explaining where the uh, the mythology came from. Yeah. Like, immediately after that, rather yeah, they, than just being like, this is Thor, he's doing his thing. 
Yeah, they 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 do a great job of establishing that, and, I th- and we've mentioned it before, but it's interesting that they have that battle set in the same city that later Red Skull uh, finds the Tesseract. Yep. So that's a fun little connection, and I'm I'm assuming somehow that that battle they maybe left the Tesseract there or something something to that effect. <laughs> we'll stick this here. Hold on to that. Yeah, just like they did with the collector. You know, they they found someone they trusted that could keep it a secret, and they hid it away. Yeah, or it might have just been set there to thaw those people out because they were all froze. Mm. They was froze. Interesting. I doubt they would have left an Infinity Stone on Earth after the people were thawed. They probably would have come back for it. Maybe. And it was being like protected by an order of monks or something. So that was cool. That was neat. It's nice that they trust Which these people. Which we will be talking about on the next episode. <laughs> so I'll 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 quit bringing that up. Yep, 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 yep. <clears throat> um, so we get them on Earth, Thor coming to Earth, convergence of storylines, and then they take him to the hospital after he gets tased, and it's so funny. Thor without his powers is glorious. That is probably some of the best comedy in the MCU. I agree. Thor without his powers. I agree. Uh, when they when they're like, "Don't worry, I'm just taking a little blood," and he's like, "You, you dare, dare attack, attack the son of Odin!" <laughs> like that e- that whole ER fight scene was just the best because he's throwing people around and they just keep sending him in. He's just like, "You are no match for the mighty." <laughs> he slides his face down the glass. Yep, he's real good. <laughs> it was real, real good. Uh, <laughs> you dare threaten me, Thor, with so puny a weapon? <laughs> uh, it's real good, real good. Overconfident <laughs> Thor. Always Seems like good. it could be a good, uh, good like Twitter. <laughs> Overconfident <laughs> Thor. He's just constantly saying how great he is about everything. Yeah, yeah. I could see that. I could see that being a thing. So when they um, they do their pseudoscience thing, you know, the the talk of the Einstein-Rosen bridge, which helps to further solidify that it's just different regions of space. It does. Different sectors. I talk about it as a wormhole. Yeah. So, so I guess that's it. It's just the way they describe it always seemed different than that. Well, the way that Asgardians describe things are not necessarily, like, very explanatory. No. <laughs> like an Einstein-Rosen bridge? More like a rainbow bridge. Sure hope you're not crazy. <laughs> and you can't really guarantee that. <laughs> no, you can't. This is, uh, he looks nuts, this whole movie. He really I does. I, so, so, okay. The movie was great. It's great. It's funny. I little. I really love Thor. I really love Loki. The one thing I don't really love, and I've said it before on the cast, is the relationship between him and Natalie Portman. And Natalie Portman is incredibly underdeveloped. He has more reason to fall in love with Selvig. Um, <laughs> him and Selvig at least like spend the evening drinking and talking and having we good drank, times. We fought. He made his ancestors proud. <laughs> that's that's a great scene too. <laughs> But there's almost no reason that Thor would be into her. <laughs> she's a smart cookie. Don't get me wrong. She's smart. She's cute. But, like, they just never had... They never really have a conversation. 
They have one or two, and they're real small. They spent that night on the roof together. Yeah, and he was. Something. He brought her book back and was explaining the Nine Realms to her. They had that connective moment, just like in every other movie where they have one moment. Yeah, and then that solidifies that they are together. I just don't like at the end. He he like uses it to rally as like a motivation to beat Loki when Loki threatens going to for her. Well, he was bothers me a bit. Just before that, he he was gonna just kiss her hand, like I will return for you, and then he kissed her hand, and he's like, deal. And then she's just like, oh my god, I love him so much. And she like dove on him. Yeah. No, and no, kissed no. him a bunch. And I, that would be the, the moment where he's like, oh. Oh. She wants the hammer. <laughs> uh, I, I agree. <laughs> and I have no problem with that. The fact that he, that she would be in love with him. I mean, he's, he's like hot. an alien, a hot alien god from another planet who came down and defended their planet. Like, that's, I see her falling for him. That's real nice of him. Um, <laughs> she should reward his kindness. Wow. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> the, uh, but I see, I, see, I see that. But I really still just, I just see Thor. I mean, we saw him earlier in this movie and in the the next movie. He starts on another planet fighting another group of people, like another group of aliens who are attacking something. And I just see him, he's going to do these adventures all the time. He Enough that he's built this rapport with his Warriors 3. And so he's probably meeting fair maidens all the time that are like, you know, hey, I love you, Thor. Thank um, you for saving my life. And then he falls in love with them, and then they die 60 years later. And then I guess he moves on to the next one. <laughs> maybe he's a serial monogamist. Maybe he, like, maybe every time he goes on an adventure, maybe his other fair maiden just died. Wow. <laughs> I gotta go on an adventure to get that one off my mind. And then he meets another one, and he immediately falls in love with no, with no reason whatsoever. And then uh, they, they're together for about 60 years until she dies. <laughs> Maybe, maybe <laughs> that that seems plausible. Totally plausible. <laughs> it's because he's overconfident. That's yeah. what it is. Overconfident oh, yeah. Thor. Like girls love that overconfidence. <laughs> overconfident Thor nails all of them. All of them. <laughs> one at a time. This thing he doesn't. He just picks one, one at a time. One per generation <laughs> will be his love. <laughs> So, <laughs> oh yeah, just I was oh, okay. Overconfident Thor Twitter just popped into my head again. Yeah, <laughs> it appears my love has perished. Time to start a new <laughs> adventure. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I swear I'm not doing this on purpose. He could use that line that she said. When he got hit by the car again, out of the ER. Oh, right, right, right. Which was, again, one of the funnier things. Yeah. Just Thor out of out of the Asgardian realm was hilarious. Yeah. It's a, Eating it's breakfast. A really, it's a really great fish out of water story. It really, yes, that's the genre. Yeah, oh yeah. It's every, every film's a different genre with these guys. Yeah. Look at them. It's great. I mean, Cap's also a fish out of water, but it, the, the story hasn't. So far, we haven't had a movie that focused on that, really. So far, we've really only talked about until he finds out where Mjolnir is. 
And did you see, like, I really like uh, Hemsworth's acting in this film, how he goes from being just this goofy, happy-go-lucky guy to being, like, very serious, like, I have to go get what is mine. And then when he can't get what is his, he's the most just distraught, angry, sad person in the universe. Like, when he can't lift the hammer, that scene, still, to this day, when he does that, it just it tears me up inside because he finds out that he is not worthy of what he knew to be his. And he's lost at that point, just completely broken and confused. Yeah. I, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great, it's a great tale. I mean, it's a classic tale of him not being able to, uh, in not being able to lift the hammer and having to learn a lesson and then being able to lift the hammer. Yeah. Well, a lot of people have noted that, it was not a long enough time period for him to have learned his lesson in yeah. this film. And I mean, on the same token, you know, it's not long enough for him to have developed a real relationship with, uh, with Jane Foster. But I mean, you, you only got so much movie. Yeah. So He's him too- sacrificing himself for everybody kind of makes him worthy you know, he just had to dive into it, and he'd always had that in himself all along to like give himself fully to the cause, but to be able to do it without the weapon that you know could do it or could destroy anything, he'd never had the weakness. Yeah, yeah. To to be faced to learn true bravery. <clears throat> Fair. The, the way yeah. the way that I get it, like he's always been so powerful that he can. He doesn't worry about things, and now he's in the face of like actual danger that he 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 can't he's in destroy. The face of being destroyed, and then he goes for it by the know? destroyer. That is correct. <laughs> um, and we, although we've we've talked about this being the Loki movie, we really haven't talked much about Loki. Yeah, much um, at all. I just want to say Stan Lee's cameo in this one was one of the best. Did it work? Oh yeah, it was great. <laughs> and then you saw the bedless truck pulling into town later in the oh, background. Oh, I didn't see that. That's yeah, funny. when he was in the diner, when he, uh, when he, when she was like, "I got it." This is going straight to what was it? Twitter. This is going on Twitter, and like she took his picture and was like, "Smile," and he, just, he has that goofy grin. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And like in the background, you see the bedless truck pulling around the corner. That's awesome. I was like, "Ah, it didn't work." That's really although. Great. That does go to prove a point that um, the elevator would not be worthy. <laughs> That's a very valid point. Although in this case, I guess, well, I don't know. I was going to say the elevator is being propelled by a human, or the car was being pulled by a human being. So it was a human being using a tool. But I guess an elevator is using a tool as well. Because if someone has to push the button. Yeah. So unless someone who pushed the button is worthy, <laughs> Thor can push the button. Oh, it's that's fine. so funny. Vision elevator. can push the button. <laughs> Put it in an elevator, go up. Elevator's not worthy. <laughs> it's the best line in that movie. It's so good. I need to see that movie again. I've only seen it a few times. It just came out uh, yesterday on let's digital. Let's go buy it and watch it now. On digital release. Oh, let's let's buy it and watch it now. Okay. No. All right. Fair. Fair point. 
<laughs> good point. Good point. Let's continue. <laughs> right, Thor. Thor, your favorite Thor. of the movies. Go for it. <laughs> okay, so Loki, right? Yeah, Loki. We get, as far as arc of Loki, we get the beginning where he's little bitty, little bitty kid. And you already see the seeds being sown of like, you're both meant to be kings, but only one of you is going to get it. I loved that line because he, they were both meant to be king. He yeah, was you were both to be, born to be king. He was just meant to be king of the frost giants. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, I love, I love that. I, I really love that line. Mm. When you look back on it, you're like, oh, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. It's a tor- It's such a tortured thing. Uh, his, his character. Um, you really, you really do. I identify with him so much, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, doesn't, mm-hmm. I feel empathy for him. I don't feel uh, at all. Uh, he doesn't seem like a thin villain at all. Like there's nothing he ever does that I feel like, Oh, well that's, I can't identify with that decision. If yeah. I had been through those things, I might have been. Yeah. You know. And his descent into madness, this entire movie was just perfect. And yeah. you feel so bad for him. Like, Maybe I would have done exactly what he did, given the circumstances of like a few thousand years of being raised to not have the throne. Yeah, but be told that I was meant to be a king. Maybe, maybe I would have done that too. And he, and it's such a complex plan. His plan to get rid of Thor, so and then basically invite the Frost Giants to kill Old Father, and then save Odin at the last second so that he can have the, the, you know, earn his respect, you know? Yeah, it's, it's deep. Loki's a deep, crazy good planner. It's just, yeah, it's always how it's it been. Just, it, it was interesting. I, I, you know, watching it on the first time and it, it just feels like he's, it feels it's it's just that every step of it felt complex. Uh, he he when he when he plans to kill Odin with the frost giants, he like basically just pays them off to kill him or whatever, um, invites them in to kill him, lets them in. It's almost like you 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 see it as oh he's you know inviting them in to kill him because he even though he's a bad he's not that bad and he can't kill his own father. You know he he has like a. This guy, the guy who raised him, it's like he almost like, that's what I thought is that he couldn't kill, but then it turns out it's just a trick. It's just another trick because that's yeah. what he is, full of tricks. Yep, he's real tricksy. <laughs> and like you, you see little inklings of him being upset with everything, like on the coronation day, when he's standing off to the side, just looking all pissed off and emo. And he doesn't really say anything when it comes time to, like, he he kind of leads Thor into making the really bad decision yeah. for, you know, to go to Jotunheim. And then, like, after they come back, he's, he doesn't say anything about um, about what happened on Jotunheim. He just, he mentions at one point, he's like, father. And then, uh, then Odin just, Argh! and, like, I closed my mouth. Because Anthony Hopkins is scary like yeah. that. He plays it so well, he, <clears throat> he convinces everyone to, you know, that it's not a part of his plan, even though he was in every step involved in helping, in, in like, causing uh, Thor to make the wrong decisions. <laughs> 
he's he's tempting Thor the whole time to make the wrong decisions, and it turns out and and Beta does such a good job of covering his tracks. It's pretty great. Thor Thor's Thor's a formidable enemy, an enemy that we care about, a enemy that we can we can see things from his side. It's just I just really love I love Loki. Did I say Thor the first time? Yeah, I think I did say Thor. I meant Loki. Loki is all those things. <laughs> I was thinking that you were going for the whole movie as being the Loki movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thor, the Loki movie. <laughs> there we go. There it is. And did you see, did you notice in uh, in when, after Thor had gone into the Odin sleep and like forcefully gone into the Odin sleep, when we see Loki finally reaching his dream of being on the throne... Like, before he's cemented it with everything, he's on the throne, you get that really just incredibly sinister feeling from him being on the throne. Like, the the pan to the side, you see the shadow with the horns, and then it, like, goes over to him, and it's just like, that guy does not need to be on a throne. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm scared. (laughs) Oh yeah. Very similar in, in Avengers when he's... When he is having everyone kneel before him, man. He's a not a good leader. Doesn't feel like a very good leader. You miss what it is to rule, brother. Mm. You think yourself above them. So good. Yeah. Great movie. Great, Great movie. film. Um, what else can we talk about? We get the first appearance of Hawkeye. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I know that, but I just hadn't thought about it. That that's the first time. You want to slow him down, sir, or you sending in more guys for him to beat up? Yeah, he Hawkeye's Hawkeye's awesome. I didn't know anything. I didn't know Hawkeye. I did at least didn't know his for his his actual his real name, Clint Barton. So yeah. when they say Barton in the movie, I was in the movie theater, like whipped up my cell phone, Barton Marvel. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit, that's and, Hawkeye. And I saw a guy. I saw Hawkeye. I was like, oh yeah, that guy from the Avengers. <laughs> like you know. Just had a cursory knowledge of who he was. Um, that was cool. Yeah, when they were like, Barton, you got anything? And I was like, wait, what? Barton? Like, like Clint Barton? And then, it, you know, it showed him with the air, or with the bow pulled back. What? Yeah. Already? That was a great, that was a great moment. Really great moment. And then there's the reference to Banner. Kind of helped to tie it in a lot. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Coulson is a is the connective tissue for the whole first phase. Yeah, is there anything in this movie that you now that you've seen more uh, has a different meaning to you? Because that's a lot of what this rewatch has been about. Is like what, how are things different? How do you see things differently now um, than you did on a first watch years ago? Now that you have the perspective of phase two being over taken stolen borrowed okay what does that mean okay that's fair um when when thor is saying know this son of coal you and i we fight for the same cause you can count me or no from this day forward you can count me as your ally providing you return that which you have taken. Then you, she says, stolen. He was borrowed. And you're thinking, okay, well, they just 
took it away for a little bit, kind of perused through. They yeah. gave it back. They want her to continue her research so that they can keep looking out for it. But then, like, knowing after, you know, a couple of movies down the road, like, she's working with S.H.I.E.L.D. now. And they want to increase their knowledge of the universe so that they can move out into that and, you know, protect from those other threats as well. Like, they've got a lot more going on than just kind of, like, taking it, looking at it. Okay, that's okay. You can keep it. <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah, and, and uh, I mean, they didn't even have necessarily a reason yet. Yeah. But I imagine they really put her into high gear after the Battle of New York, you know? After you see aliens actually attacking, like, all right, we've got to figure this whole space thing out. <laughs> we got we got to get this nailed down. Because this is you've scary. Done a, you've done a great job, <laughs> but um, S.H.I.E.L.D.'s going to have to take it from here. It's been about 50 years since you've done anything neat. <laughs> okay, we landed somebody on the moon. What have we done since then? What have you done for me lately, NASA? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> I know you've been making things. Memory foam, whatever. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, you get a better... Uh, you get a better understanding of, of the time frame of everything. You know, with uh, with Coulson showing up. When he did, yeah, you know, it comes. He comes directly from, but you don't really get a good time frame of like when did Thor destroy the bridge, and then when did Avengers happen? And he came in. Yeah, he came back. They don't really explain how, like, how much time was in between that. Yeah, how time passes differently. I guess his hair was significantly longer from, you know, one to the next. Yeah, I don't know. They they, they definitely, there's definitely a, a, a time difference between the two. Uh, also, like, the whole point of him destroying, or the reason that was a big deal that he destroyed the Rainbow Bridge was because he was cutting, he was cutting them off from the rest of the universe. <laughs> yeah. But I guess then he just shows up in Avengers like it's no problem. Well, they they mentioned like how much dark energy did the the All Father have to, or the, the did the All Father have to conjure to summon you here? Oh, okay. So you know, dark magic. Then they they also go back using some sort of weird handcuffy thing. <laughs> oh no, that that had the uh, the tesseract in it. Oh, they use the tesseract to travel. Yeah, powered by the tesseract. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes absolute sense. Okay, cool. Well. All in all, I think it's a great movie. It I does... need a horse! <laughs> Sorry. I, uh, all in all, it's a great movie. They have awesome, awesome setup to a lot of awesome characters. That, But it also feels like a self-contained movie. They, yeah. really, they did a yeah. great job of that in the first, first four or five Marvel movies where they... They kind of connected everything, but they kept them isolated. Yeah. And it was just enough for you to know, like, this is in the same universe. Yeah. That is great. All and right. I felt like um I felt like the characterization this is what a, one of the main things I wanted to mention is that I felt like the characterization of Thor uh, as far as how he speaks and interacts with other people on Earth was a little bit different from this movie to the Avengers to um Thor 2. I agree because it seems it seems a lot more um down to earth and personable in this film, huh? To me, 
I don't agree. And then in... I think we have the opposite feelings. I feel like in this one he showed up. He had such a different. He's. He didn't seem to understand Earth culture at all. He's like, rah, rah, I am. Well, yeah, <laughs> he's he, like old timey warrior language. Throw <laughs> cups, blah blah blah. And it seems like in the others, he's he's got a lot more of a nuanced sort of. Well, he he's... can just talk. Of course, he's also most of the interactions I see past this movie are him talking to other superheroes, other people that he respects as warriors, and he's talking to them kind of on their level. Well. I'm I'm specifically talking about like when he was speaking to Loki and Iron Man when they had that that fight in the woods in Germany and like it was he was that speech seemed so much more elevated than he did in this film to hmm. me just it it seemed so much more alien I guess to to separate where he is like uh relevant uh, not relevant relative to where everybody else was as far as language interesting i don't know it I, just it that's what it seemed like I to me to look it could be i could be just you know looking too deep into it but it felt like he was a we never do that slightly different character <laughs> we have almost as much time on this podcast now, probably more time than they have had on screen <laughs> in this universe. Yeah. So I think we definitely look into this too much, but that's what we're here for. That's what that's we what do. We, that's what we like to do. So feel free we to look into it as fun. deeply as you like. All right. Okay. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on in Thor recap? Thor recap. Discussion. I'm sad that the Destroyer was destroyed. Huh. I mean, they can rebuild it. Yeah, they, can they make it stronger. It, they use it in uh, in the comics a good bit. Oh yeah, like Thor got inside the armor at one point. Ooh, and found out that the armor was sentient. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's his own little like Iron Man. Yeah, it was it was intense. Suit. That's fun. It was neat. It yeah, was I'm neat. sure. I'm sure they can rebuild it. They can rebuild it. They have the technology. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, I think I think that's about all I have to say about Thor. I like this movie a lot. It's I great. just want to talk about the movie. I just want to quote the movie all night. <laughs> Steroids! All right, I'm going to give you three minutes. Put it on the clock. Now. Quote as much as you can from the movie. Go. <laughs> I need a horse! Then give me one of those large enough to ride. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he had mentioned um, when she's, when Jane was taking him to the, to the crash site, she was saying... Um, I've never done anything like this before. Have you ever done anything like this before? <laughs> yes, many times. <laughs> and that's that's funny because in like in the stories he's always been like you're not worthy. Now you're worthy. You're not worthy. Go learn a lesson. Now you're worthy again. Go learn a lesson, damn it, you idiot. <laughs> Just, he keeps getting unworthy and then reworthy again. And oh, that's funny. I didn't know that. I, thought, I guess I thought this was like a one-time thing in his life where he matured, but no. so this just keeps happening. It's fun. Constant thing. Um, a little bit in the comics and a little bit, or a lot of it in uh, Norse mythology. Nice. It's it's fun. Cool. Forgive me, Jane. Yeah. He had to learn a lesson there. Sometimes you got to give up what you love most. Your family. My what? That made this whole podcast super sad to end. Yo, well, yeah, we're I, we're going with the Hulk aspect of it. We, yeah, this is this is this is us trying for the Thor for the Hulk. Thor, the give Hulk. up what you love. <laughs> <laughs>
That's the name. All right, of the everybody. Film. We love you, so we have we have to give you up. <laughs> That's not for true. The night. No, stop. Okay, for the night. For the night. I was we'll so back. scared. I was we'll like, no. He said R.I.P., but we didn't mean it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll be back next week. We're the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Check us out on mcucast.com and all those other places I said earlier. Peace! So stick around if you want to hear our discussion, a spoilery discussion of Thor, uh, but we are the Marvel Cinematic Universe. In part, <laughs> we are the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh gosh, I have a migraine. It's not fair. It's not fair. It's my fault, Jeff. It's not my fault. I threw up today. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>